And welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. And uh, today we are excited. We got an interesting, semi-controversial show. We're going to talk about some interesting topics, as always. Um, so strap in, true reviewers. Yeah, we are here tonight. It's Friday night. We are at our favorite spot to podcast at a shared universe. Oh man, um, so fun. awesome! It's such like a it's such like a nice experience getting a chance to come here and and to just be able to podcast in this studio. It's, I love it. It's just we're we're literally surrounded by just nostalgia and everything that our that our show is about. Right? I mean, you know, we've got Mystery Science Theater three thousand posters and Star Wars and Stranger things and spider-man and yeah, wu-tang clan signed pictures <laughs> and it's just yeah it's just like literally the coolest place to uh i gotta to buy a, i need to buy a hat before i leave today i see them sitting there over there on the counter i'm like i need to get one of those yeah i think i actually might need to get a hoodie too. yeah well jackie friend of the show jackie is in studio with us tonight oh. she's our our girl in the chair and she's sporting a shared universe tank top oh you are look at that made hey. specifically for the ladies oh make your boobs look nice for the ladies okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right yeah so like anthony said we have some uh, a couple of not gonna say necessarily say controversial it's more or less me and anthony are just gonna rip into some shit that we're angry <laughs> about um but before we do that let's start with the good news uh, yes. So rumors have been swirling for a very long time now, and fans have been clamoring for it for a very long time. Uh, Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan. You know, the, the yeah. rumor has been out there for a while. Nothing was confirmed. It was literally nothing more than a rumor. Fans obviously were like, you know, having just major hard-ons just even thinking about o uh, Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan. Yeah. And then those hard-ons turned into just like full coming when it found out uh, yesterday, I think, <laughs> that it was official now. Obi-Wan is returning. I'm sorry. Ewan, Ewan McGregor, McGregor is, is returning, returning as, as Obi-Wan Obi uh, right. for a series on Disney+. Plus. Plus. Yeah. So now, is this going to be an animated series or is it going to be live action? Honestly, Do I don't think they've. I, I've. I've only. To be perfectly honest, I really haven't read because there's so many. Because everybody's reporting on it right now. Right. And, and I didn't feel like reading all of the articles in depth. I just sort of like skimmed through the headlines. I don't think that has been determined yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. In fact, in fact, I think that it really is like most of the articles that i read literally just said that oh you and mcgregor signed just signed he's yeah. he literally signed on right to be back in the star wars franchise so what that means i don't know yeah. it could mean a number of different things maybe he has a cameo in uh in rise of skywalker but maybe not who knows uh, maybe he's he's a force ghost that comes in. Maybe not. Uh, that'll piss people off. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> probably wait. Would. Well, unless unless uh, unless Ray is a the daughter of Obi Wan. Oh yes, God. That that would be terrible. Wait, before we speculate, actually, we have we have an intern with us tonight. So if you could open up a new tab, keep this open because we need this. Yeah. Open up a new tab and just Google uh, Obi Wan Kenobi show or yeah. Obi Wan show. Yeah, Obi Wan I don't show. Know Ob is spelled O B. There you go. W A N. Yeah. See, it's like the first. There's thing actually there's actually a hyphen in between too, but you don't have to use that. Yeah. Show. No, no, it's already there. Yeah. And just Google. Disney there you Plus. Go. Disney Plus. There right. you go. Yeah. All right. Great and job. Just, Great job. Just click on the Variety article. There you go. Is Variety like the go-to news source for movies? Like, is that your favorite? One of the ones that I've really been liking recently is Vulture. Vulture is great. I really like Vulture. Um, Hollywood Reporter is honestly my favorite. Okay. Um, they usually have some of the best uh, reporting, but Variety is great too. Um, let's see. 
Oh, there you go. For the, the very first line. No other details on the potential series were available. Yeah, so, there yeah, we go. So we don't that know. confirms that. My guess is that it's not going to be a live action series. Yeah, because it's interesting to think about. Because if it was going to be live action, like you know, based on his age, yeah. where in the w- would they put it? You know, yeah. Like, I mean, it would have to be like right before A New Hope. Yeah, exactly. It would be almost like the same time as. Um, as a, a rogue story, yeah, right? Rogue One rather. Exactly yeah. because yeah, you would you would because um uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Rebels, Rebels covers the time between the end of wait no when does Rebels cover? Rebels covers in between Return of the Jedi. No, no, Rebels is uh right after here. right after Revenge of the Sith. And going into a new hope, right, right before, right, uh, Rogue One. Okay, so that's where like, I was going. It, with like that. So, Star Wars Rebels leads into Rogue One. Yeah, so so doing a live action like that would be the only time period where that would make sense. But right. you had Obi Wan Kenobi cameos more or less in Rebels. Right. So yeah. I agree. I think it should be an animated show. But where in his lifespan they put it? That's you know because they, they've between Clone Wars. And the, between the trilogy, Clone Wars, and Rebels, they've pretty much, and then up through A New Hope, they've pretty much covered his entire lifespan. So, yeah. as exciting as it is, I'm struggling with where it fits. Yeah, like I would, I would, like I would want a movie, like a single, you know, ninety-minute or two-hour movie, and I think that you could tell a story that would be interesting. But like to have it be a, a show that's reoccurring. You know that's that's way different, and it would be so. Like yeah. when I saw this news, I really thought it was just that Ewan McGregor was just re-signing to come back into the Star Wars franchise, right. so that they would get a chance to use his voice in future movies, or or maybe there's going to be an animated series that bridges the gap between Return of the Jedi and right. uh, Force Awakens, uh, but. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe that's not what it is, or I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So, so there's really there's nothing that's out there. Really, nothing a lot to know. So, I just want the whole show to be like retired Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> like he's just sitting. Like he has like a Hawaiian shirt, and he's just like sitting outside, like at, at, outside of his hut on Tatooine. You know, with like a mai tai, and he's just like. Uh, I mean, I he's th- got sandals on. See now, as a movie, like I think that would be very cool, and you have like a, a young Luke Skywalker. Right, where Obi-Wan is getting a chance to meet him, and you see, like, the first time that Luke Skywalker meets old Ben Kenobi, like, maybe he, like, saves him from some ruffians or whatever, right? Uh, and that- uh, uh, excuse me. So you're talking about the exact same scene that happened in A New Hope when he saves Luke from the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. And the first time he met... So you just want to see that scene rehashed in an animated fashion? Well, he already knew old Ben Kenobi. No, he was just a legend. No. He never met him. No, because he goes, he goes. I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan Kenobi, but old Ben is uh, is this crazy old hermit who lives out past the Dune Sea. Yeah, but they never explicitly say that he met him before. Yeah, he just he knows knew. of him. No, man, he knew Obi-Wan. Nope. He had met him. Nope, yeah. I disagree. Ooh, I disagree. We're going to go to the tapes on this yep, one. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Um, tune in next week true reviewers where i rip matt a new asshole with facts <laughs> listen uh, of all the people that are incorrect on this show you're incorrect about 90 percent of the time while that's true while that's true uh i don't think i'm wrong here yeah but, but maybe 
maybe? I mean, I don't think so, though. Here, here's what we need to do. We don't need to worry about actually fact-checking it, because as soon as we release this episode, Enemy of the Podcast, Tucker, will be on our asses if we got that <laughs> wrong, and he will confirm well, no, which one of us is got correct. That yeah. He'll confirm immediately which one of us is correct. <laughs> like fucking idiots. Enemy of the Podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so really exciting, though. Ewan McGregor coming back into the Star Wars universe, which is what we all wanted. Um, to hear that he's going to be in a show for Disney+, Plus, pretty cool. Um, to see what that show is going to be, you know, we'll, we'll see. Speaking of enemy of the podcast, Tucker, I just want to give a quick shout out to him because he finally lost a bet in our Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy League. We had an ongoing side bet about which movie was going to score better because I had drafted Alita Battle Angel last year, and he had drafted Where Did You Go, Bernadette. Both <laughs> movies got pushed back to this year, which, you know, at the time we always speculate that probably going to be shitty movies. We know that Alita Battle Angel was not shitty. No, didn't was, do so great. well with critics, but it did well enough. Yeah. Where Did You Go, Bernadette finally came out, and I think that was like a 48% or something on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so Man. the bet what was whoever had whoever won the bet i obviously won um <laughs> would get to rename and choose a profile picture in our group chat so i chose uh i took a picture from face off where nicholas cage is all like i'm caster troy and he's all crazy <laughs> like you know he's like cracked out i'm caster troy but then i also made him so that's his picture but his name is now john travolta <laughs> nice that's <laughs> awesome that is great that yeah is great. it's the little things yeah, the little really things is. that make you really happy is. Um, all right, so do you want to tear apart this article? Yeah, let's let's dive into this article because that's going to be a lot of fun and going to take up a so, little bit of time. So, hearkening all the way back to, uh, I want to say, episode five or six of Ready, Set, Review, we did a little tribute to Stan Lee. We did. Um, it was right after he passed. And in that tribute, we talked about an article by a, uh, I'm going to use the term journalist loosely. Yeah, Her name blogger. Is, yeah, she blogger. Is, she was a blogger. Her name is Annie Bundle, and she wrote an article about Stan Lee that really got under our skin because, like, you know, like we said, the dude's body was still warm. The article came out, like, literally a day after he died, and it was a poorly researched article um, shitting, more or less shitting on Stan Lee and his legacy. So go back, listen yeah. to episode five or six. Yeah. Now, this woman has come out with another article about um, uh, about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The and new there's Tarantino been a, there, movie. There's, there's been a lot of people who have been talking about this movie, and in this same way, I feel. And, and I think that it's – I really think that it's like I think they missed the point of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even convinced that she saw the movie. So, yeah. so, so let's just read the very first line of her article. Her first line reads, Leave it to Quentin Tarantino to make a story about the murder of Sharon Tate, a truly horrific real crime in which female cultists murdered a famous pregnant woman that revolves around men. Yeah. Now, right there is what says to me, I don't even think she saw the fucking movie. Yeah, 100%, because this wasn't a movie that was about the murders. It wasn't about the Manson murders yeah. at all. No. It was about it was about Hollywood in the 1960s. Exactly. Which was very focused around men, unfortunately, right? That was yeah. just sort of the times that, that, that it, it happened in, right? And he was doing an homage to that time in the movies, right? Yeah. and the story is very much about, it's about uh, an aging uh, Hollywood actor actor a famous tv actor played by leonardo dicaprio obviously a fictional character yep and it's very much about him and his, the relationship he has with his stuntman brad pitt very much a bromance type of you know relationship but you see there's real love there that the, the two have great on-screen on-screen chemistry and brad pitt just steals the show but that's neither here nor there and the movie is very much about um the the cusp of the old hollywood the old hollywood guard 
making way for the new Hollywood guard because at this time in Hollywood, which is a time that Tarantino loves to talk about, there really was in the real world this shift in the way people in Hollywood were thinking. It was right, you know, 69, it was right in the, you know, the Summer of Love era, you know, the, the, the counterculture movement, a lot of that stuff was very big and there was a lot of, you know, mingling of Hollywood celebrities and that lifestyle was very big and popular. But the whole movie revolves around uh, Leo's character and Brad Pitt's character trying to more or less come to terms with the fact that they are like old news. They're they're the old Hollywood, and there's a lot of really great scenes where they interact with people that would be considered new Hollywood around that time. And it's all about their lives and them trying to cope with that. Sharon Tate is a character in the movie, but she doesn't have a lot of lines, and we'll talk about her one big scene in a moment. But the whole Sharon Tate and Manson family murders. That's just simply the backdrop that Tarantino chose for his movie. And again, the reason why I don't think she actually saw the movie is that if you did see the movie, you would realize why Tarantino chose that as a backdrop because it's a very interesting metaphor for just the way that Hollywood was at the time because the Manson murders – so not only was Hollywood shifting in itself at this time, the Manson murders were kind of like the culmination of that because at the what you need to remember is that there was a lot of like within the counterculture you had you had a, you had that like the the term the 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 idea of hitchhiking is when that really sort of like happened. People were commingling and living with one another like that's how the Manson family got started. They were like these followers of Charles Manson or whatever. Yeah. And like it was just a lot of commingling and then when the Manson murders took place, that's when not just Hollywood, but the whole world kind of like woke up and was like, okay, well, maybe this path we're going down is not the safest, just this, uh, you know, absolute trust we place in people, complete strangers, mingle, commingling and things like that. And that's what, that's why he chose that as a backdrop to even further signify the change from the old guard to the new guard. The movie was not about the Sharon Tate murders. No. It's like saying Inglorious Bastards was about the murder of Adolf Hitler, right? Like, yeah. it just, it just wasn't. That, like, that was a scene in the movie where he died, right? Which was obviously fictitious, right? But, I mean, you really touched on something there, right? In the 19 19- 1960s and, and especially around 1969, there was this real change that was going on inside of America where it was celebrities were being brought more to the forefront. You know, now it is almost 20 years after the, or, or probably more than 20 years, probably 25 years now after the end of World War II, right? Yep. Where the world is still, you know, there's still wars that they're in. We're in Vietnam at that point in 1969, but it was really, th there was a change because there was a lot more communication between people. Um, there was a lot more where, where, where instead of sports stars and things like that, celebrities were brought to the forefront. And they were the ones that were being, you know, sort of honored or idolized, right? And now it's it's it is that counterculture movement was becoming something that was more acceptable, where it was just, you know, you were told to just, you know, kind of shut up and sit down and just this is the way that things are and you just have to accept it. You know, finally America woke up and said, No, this isn't the way that we need to accept it. We can do something different, right? And and in nineteen sixty nine, that was really where it really came to a head, and especially with things like Woodstock and things like that, but especially in Hollywood, like the whole Hollywood scene was really changing at yeah. that time, right? And it was changing over into a much different culture, right? And so 
you know, having having Margot Robbie and like it's a shame because Margot Robbie is just such a phenomenal actress, right? And she was a little bit more of a backdrop, and she wasn't honored and, and given the screen time that she really deserved, right? Right on screen, right? But again, the, the, it wasn't about her. It wasn't about Sharon Tate. It was about Leonardo DiCaprio and and Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what the whole movie was about. So to say like the this movie that was about Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's characters was about Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's characters. Yeah. Like, 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 what are you talking about? Like, obviously, like, that's what the movie is about. You know, we were talking before we started recording here, and, like, if you watch the trailer for the movie, if I didn't know that it was going to be, a, like, have, like, some kind of connection to the Manson murders... I wouldn't have known that it was going to be about Manson at all. There's exactly. literally nothing in the trailer that alludes to the the Manson murders at all. Yeah, that's not what the movie's about. And it and it's actually interesting um, to. What are you doing there? Um, I think this is on, so I won't turn it off. Uh, you have to unplug it. But what are you turn it off for? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> probably just broke something. I probably did. No. You are a breaker of things. Man, I was hearing an echo, and I wanted to get rid of it. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's just the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, and, and it's interesting, too, uh, about the, the the whole way this movie was put together. Right. Um, because one of the points she makes in the movie, or I'm sorry, in the in the article, is about how, you know, it's like, oh, there's there's just an absurd amount of scenes of, of Brad Pitt driving around aimlessly around Hollywood. Um, and it's like, okay, two things. A... Have you ever seen a Tarantino movie? Like, 50% of all of his movies take place in fucking cars. People driving around, having conversations. That's like, 100%. That's a Tarantino, like, staple. thing. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's what staple. he does. Yeah. So there are a lot of scenes in the movie where Brad Pitt is driving around, and one of the big scenes in the movie is he keeps on driving around and seeing this same group of drifters. Um, yeah. And that these like these young girls, and eventually he picks one up, you know, counterculture movement or whatever, like very okay. normal. Yeah. And of course she's like underage. She tries to like blow him or whatever, and he's like, "How old are you?" It's a whole like you know kind of funny scene or whatever. And she's like, and she keeps on saying, she's like, "Charlie's gonna like you. Charlie's gonna like you." And then you go and there's a scene where he takes her to um, the the ranch where the the I forget the Stan or I forget what it's called the something whatever the ranch where the Manson family is. I forget what it's right. actually called. Right, right. And there's a really long drawn out scene. With not a whole lot of dialogue, where that's when you finally realize, and this is like, like almost two hours into the movie, that's when you finally realize that oh, there's a Charles Manson element at play here. Because like once you get into that scene, you need to you need to be familiar with Charles Manson and the Manson family to get what's going on in that scene, right. which I am. So once I saw that, that's when I was like, oh, okay. There's a, like a Charles Manson connection to this movie, right? But still, that was like two hours into the movie. The plot has been established. It is not about fucking Charles Manson and Sharon Tate. No, no, it's a hundred percent about Hollywood and about like the culture and and the time itself, right? And if you want, and the difference between a an actor and a stuntman, right? Right, which a lot of stuntmen don't get the quality or, or the the you know recognition that they deserve totally. because they have incredibly hard jobs. They're putting their lives on the line, right? You know, and they have to do like all of these scenes and they're the ones that arguably make some of the best scenes in the movie yeah right and and make it a quality movie right is because of how good of a stuntman you have and if you want to give tarantino some criticism about you know making it about men there is a scene where um it's, i would say it's like sort of the main sharon tate scene where she goes to see the movie that she just got uh got uh, uh just filmed or whatever she goes to, like a matinee to watch herself in the movie 
And it's a really cool scene because <laughs> did that get picked up? Yeah, did that get picked up? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, don't Jake. burp into the microphone. It was, it Thank was you. mid. It was mid sentence. I couldn't help it. You got this. You high, got this like high quality podcast. You got this summer like heavy beer like here. It's, like it's, a, it's like a light beer. I, I mean, it's delicious, but you know, like whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Shout out Blue Point somewhere. Right. So there's this great scene where she goes to see herself in her own movie, and she's and it's a very long scene. It kind of cuts with other scenes and. She's sitting there, she's watching herself act in this movie, and she's gauging the reactions of the people in the audience during her scenes. And like when people are entertained and they, they, they seem to like what they're watching of her on screen, she becomes really excited, right? She gets very excited about it. Now, if that is not Quentin Tarantino in that role, sitting there watching his own movie, watching people like his shit, like that was such a metaphor for him being like, and so you can make that a criticism of him, but like, that was Quentin Tarantino watching his own movie and watching people enjoy it. Yeah, and watching people react to it to make sure that, yeah. hey, maybe I made a good movie. And something that uh, is, uh, else about this movie, a lot of people complain that there wasn't a lot of action. There was so much dialogue that's in that movie. Well, okay, again, very Quentin Tarantino. He is very dialogue heavy, right? Very much like Kevin Smith's early movies, right? Yep. And uh, that were very dialogue heavy. And that's like a staple for who he is. And the interesting dialogue is what makes the movie. And, you know, in a, in, in a, a time where you're so just like frying pan over the head bashed in with like the, the plot and everything like there's no subtlety in movies anymore and this is here's a movie that's trying to be abstract it's trying to be subtle and it's telling a story that's not direct right yep. and it's trying to get you to understand a deeper meaning to the story and if you look at it as face value then you're not really appreciating the story you're not appreciating the movie right i mean she goes on and, and she does make some interesting points um later in the, in the article where i mean look at the end of the day should there have been more prominent women in the movie i mean that's arguable but yes yeah. probably sure probably. why not you know especially margot robbie who's just a phenomenal actress um, you know, it, it, she definitely needed a little bit more screen time, maybe a little bit more dialogue, definitely a little bit more dialogue. Um, but yeah, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't make it a bad movie. And it wasn't like he's trying to hold women down, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we know, like, yes, yes. No, and, and I shouldn't make light of it. Quentin Tarantino is a dick when he comes to, to being a director. Like, he's one of the biggest assholes that are out there. Oh, yeah, there, that's right? well known. However, however, you know, he gave opportunities to a lot of female actresses that are out there that are starting their careers right now, one of them being Harley Quinn Smith, who was in this movie, Yeah. right? And, and another being... Um, uh, uh, Uma Thurman's Uma Thurman, yeah. daughter, right? Well, Uma, and, Uma, and Uma Thurman too, like back in Pulp Fiction days. Well, well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. And and Uma Thurman's daughter was just a year older than Uma Thurman was when she filmed Pulp Fiction. Right. Right. right? Now, yeah, okay, yes, Uma Thurman got injured while she was driving the car. Again, talking about the point of having a stunt woman, right? You know, but right. uh, but it doesn't change the fact that Uma Thurman's character in the Kill Bill movies was like the epitome of you know what people want to see is strong female characters like yeah. it doesn't get much better than that and he was he did it 20 years ago yeah you know you're or, or, you she know, fucking murdered 88 yakuza like <laughs> how well, more badass than you need to be with crazy there, 88 right it wasn't actually 88 yeah it wasn't actually 88 <laughs> actually i want to go back and actually watch that scene again and count and try to count how many there actually well, are like <laughs> david carradine has a line of dialogue
monologue in, in part two. It's so no, good. There, yeah, there wasn't actually. There wasn't actually 88. They just thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds it cool. It just sounds cool, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. So, and, and then, of course, you know, you get to the final act of the movie, and the final act of the movie goes full-on Tarantino, where it's just bloody and gory, and Brad Pitt is, is murdering these people that would have murdered Sharon Tate. And obviously, it's a fictional retelling, right. because obviously those people went on to murder Sharon Tate in just, real life. Just like, like Inglorious Bastards. Right, right where you know? Hitler gets murdered. Nobody right. complained about that. Right. You know, like, in fact, so, they pay. Oh, they do an homage to it in this movie. Exactly. Right, where they're in the theater, and they're watching... Um, uh, what, what was the name of the... They, they, I forget the name of the movie that they called it, but it was essentially Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Where that was that closing scene. They reshot it for like as if it was a movie. Exactly. You know, as if this was one continuous like, you know, shared universe. Yep. Right. Which would which would be cool. Ha 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 ha. Da, 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 da. So yeah, so so I don't think she actually saw this movie, um, just based on her article. Now again, if the if the movie was let's be fair, if the movie was actually written and marketed as a movie about the Sharon Tate murders and we got the final product that we got, then I would say fair criticism because yeah. that would be fair. Yeah. But that's not what the fucking movie was about. No, it just wasn't. It wasn't. It was about Hollywood and the Hollywood scene yeah. in 1969. Like, that's what the movie was about. Now, let's talk about a fair criticism of the movie, though, because this is something another a lot of people are saying as well. A lot of people are criticizing the portrayal of Bruce Lee in this movie. I don't know if you've read anything about that. Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, yeah. And, and I heard the comments from uh, Bruce Lee's daughter. And, and that, I think, said about it. and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and made some comments, comments about, about that, it, too, because yeah. he knew him very well. Yeah, I mean, he studied under him. Yeah, so that, I think, is a, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I certainly think it's a more, um, there's certainly more to that criticism than what this idiot is talking about. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and, and 100%, I, I would have to 100% agree with you. I, I, I think that it was more of a caricature of Bruce Lee uh, than it was. But again, it's a fictional movie, right? Like, it's supposed to be a caricature, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be historical fiction, but it's fiction, yeah. right? So, like, you know... you. you it's it, it's when you, when people read into something and they try and infer these things and they try and 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 make these like outlandish points in order to like you know put themselves over and make themselves look good right you know yeah. it's it's just and it's just a fallacy it's just not at all what the movie was about so again yeah with everything that she's talking about she keeps complaining throughout the entire article how the whole movie was about Brad Pitt and and Leonardo DiCaprio right and how they were the two people that you see most of the time on screen yeah. they're the main fucking characters they're, they're yeah. literally what the whole movie is about like oh my god come on <laughs> that's another thing she said that pissed me off she said that tarantino frames sharon tate as nothing more than a sex symbol and it's like again if you i've read a lot about sharon tate and the manson murders like long before this movie came out i'm fascinated with the whole thing people's perception of sharon tate in 1969 was yes a great up-and-coming actress but the main perception of her was, spoiler alert, sex symbol. Yeah. Like, so he's just portraying her as the way people saw her in 1969. Yeah. God forbid. Now, is that right? Is that good? No, it's not, right? Be but that was what happened in the time, right? Yeah. And, like, you could say the same thing about Lauren Bacall. You could say the, the, the same thing about a lot of actresses back in, during that time and before that time is because, unfortunately, female actresses in that time were mostly sex symbols, yeah. right? And they were mostly, you know, the beautiful, quote-unquote, dame 
game that you had, right, in in the parlance of their times, right? That's why I love talking to a woman, like, nowadays who's actually properly feminist because they will tell you that, like, there's nothing really wrong with being seen as a sex symbol. There's nothing it wrong with that. It used to be seen as a negative thing, but, like, actual feminists will tell you, like, no, that's fucking awesome. Like, if that's what you want to be seen yeah, as, like, cool. Yeah, if that's the way that you want to be seen, more power to you. If you're – if you want to – if that's empowering to you to be able to take off your clothes and to be seen as a sex symbol, there's nothing wrong with that, right? So, you know, we want – you know, you want people to have that freedom and to feel that way, that they can express themselves, and they have the freedom to do that without being accosted, right, or ostracized because they're doing that, right? I think it's such like a, I think it's such an old school premise to like say that somebody because of, you know, that they're choosing to do a type of film or to, to film something in a certain way that, oh, you know, you know, they're portraying women in the wrong way. No, I mean, they're portraying women in the way that that person wants to be portrayed, right? You know? I'm, I'm all about it. Keep yeah. on do, keep on doing your thing. Instagram thoughts. I support you. Not right. financially. I'm just going to support you with likes. <laughs> so I keep on clicking that heart button and sharing it with my friends. Uh, I'm not going to pay you any money, but you do you. Yeah, man. And I have nothing wrong with that. If that's if that's what you like and that's what makes you happy, then just continue doing it. Speaking of which, didn't what's her name like make a porn movie? Uh, like that she submitted as an indie film? Bella Thorne. Yeah, You're right. talking about Bella Thorne. Yeah. So Bella Thorne is an actress. She was on Wizards of Waverly Place when she was a kid. Um, and she's done a whole bunch of other movies. But uh, just recently, and it's going to be coming out, I believe, at the end of September in a German film festival. <laughs> but it's very blatantly. Did she get pooped on? <laughs> no, I mean, I hope not. I mean, I... Who knows? But, like, apparently, like, she made a porno movie, right? It's and awesome. So, I want to yeah, watch this. It's awesome. I, I want to watch it, too. Is she in it or did she just direct it? I, I think both. It's awesome. I think she directed Great. it and she She's the it. one that, like, I don't know, uh, like, three or four months ago um, where people were uh, – somebody was, like, blackmailing her uh, so they were going to, like, release her, her nude pics. And she was like, fuck you. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> and now I'm going to embrace it and make a whole bunch of money off Dude, of I it. I love it. I smartest, love it. Smartest move of all time. Smartest move. I right? love it. Look, if people are going to try and accost you and say, oh, you know, hey, you know, and try and threaten her like, oh, I'm going to release these, you know, naked pictures of you. It's like, bitch, go ahead. Now I'm going to be in a porno. Yeah. Fuck you. I would do you the know? same thing. I I love it. I, I think it's, I think that, that is feminine power right there. A hundred percent. that's her taking control of her own life, saying fuck you to those, the people that try and make her not feel that way. Right. And, and it is really do, going that extra mile and making it something where now she controls her life instead of somebody else trying to control her life. Intern, what are you, what are you doing over there? Do you know how to work an iPad? I don't know, it's dead. Oh, it died? Oh, whoops. Uh, it's whoops. plugged in, though. Womp, womp. Uh, yeah. You're breaking things. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, well. Can't bring our intern anywhere. Yeah, come on, Jackie. What are you it's doing? She did bring us spicy chicken sandwiches she, from Wendy's, though. She did. That she was did. awesome. No spicy nugs yet, though. Yeah. yeah. So we got to keep an eye out for when this movie is getting released because I want to watch this. I really want to see what this movie's all about. Yeah, I I definitely want to I definitely want to see it. Um, it's called like His and Hers, I think, or or Him and Her. Okay. Right, and um, it's supposedly about the that literally that power struggle between men and women. Um, so it's it's about the power struggle between men and women, and and the power struggle that a lot of people feel in their relationships, right? Hang on, give me that. Yeah, I'm you very take, ex- you take this. defective. Well, it's it's 
it's it's loose. And do, you, do you have one of those knockoff pods in there? Is no, that the issue it's, is? it's a real pod. It's just oh, a, the fool pods. No, it's just that I brought this thing to Great Box and it didn't make it. Oh, it didn't survive. <laughs> but anyway, Great Box. anyway, back to on on point here. <laughs> um, it's it's about the go. power struggle that a lot of relationships feel, where it's like, oh, I can't let him get one over on me, right? Or I right. can't, you know. And like, if you're gonna be in a relationship, and relationships nowadays, especially, you know, given the, the just the the whole climate that we're in with 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 dating apps, and you're so oversaturated with with opportunity for for choice right and you're so oversaturated well maybe there's something better out there you know instead of working at something people just quit right and they're just like oh i'm just gonna leave this relationship because you know i'm not happy and 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 instead of working at it relationships are hard work they don't just come naturally right and so i think that that is a beautiful topic and she's going to do it in a sexual way and there's nothing wrong with that i i absolutely i i celebrate that yeah i'm totally down for it i can't wait to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned true reviewers we'll do a full review you know and and now let, let's talk about this right <laughs> because let's talk about porno right what makes a good porno <laughs> what oh. makes a good oh. porno i have like, thoughts like because like i mean obviously i think that this is going to be very heavy storyline driven right and yeah and, like, there's your first mistake <laughs> well 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 is it though is it because i think that having more depth to a character right because your your mind is the most erogenous organ that you have right so like so here's how but okay so here's the question right how are we defining good porno like, like fap worthy or like how are you defining porno that's, okay that's really what i'm interested that's in fair. so i've seen things like there was a movie that came out with um uh shia labeouf and it was called nymphomaniac right and it was this crazy, oh yeah i've seen that shit hardcore fucking did they make two of them yeah well there was part one and part, yeah, part two, one part two yeah, right and each one like especially if you watch the director's cut each one is three hours each Right, so it's it's a heavy investment into a movie, but an absolutely fantastic movie. Now, this is a heavy storyline driven movie, but it was very much about sex, and there were some very aggressive, hardcore scenes. In fact, I heard a rumor that Shia LaBeouf and oh, I forget the female co-star's name. Intern, pull it up. Nope. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the um, iPad's dead. She broke it. Yeah. So anyway, so I and um it and and there I heard a rumor that they were actually having sex on screen for that. Right? I believe that. Right. But it was, you know, now this is um, a movie that is, uh, you know, has some. Oh, and it was a, a Charlotte Gainsbourg. Char- Charlotte Gainsbourg. That name sounds so familiar. Yeah. What else has she been in? Let's see. Pull it up on the big board. She was in Antichrist. Well, that was a fucking crazy movie. She's been in a lot of fucking crazy movies. You know, this whole thing just sounds like Shia LaBeouf's attempt to like <laughs> she was in fuck the, somebody. She was in the new Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Did not see that movie. <laughs> yeah, she sure was. Skipped that one. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah, but she's been in a lot of indie films and a lot of uh, just kind of like, yeah, mostly indie films. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, and and Charlotte, you know, she was in some very, like, hardcore scenes. I heard, again, I heard that the, her sex scene with Shia LaBeouf, they actually had really had sex on, like, they were having sex on screen for that movie. Yo, hashtag right? me too, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, they asked her and apparently she was okay with it. Yeah. Right? So, I'm, you know, at she's, least she's I a, think. Hey man, she's a goer. But like, okay. I mean, but like that movie had a lot of very aggressive sex scenes in it and it was all about sex, but I yeah. wouldn't necessarily call that a porno. Yeah, see, I think what it comes down to is just like, see, you, there, there are certain objectionable things when you're looking at just regular movies, not porno movies, where you can specifically point to and be like, 
this is what makes a good movie, right. this is what makes a shitty movie. Yeah. But porno is, I think, entirely in the eye of the beholder. So, for example, like, you know, if I'm the kind of person that's into, like, you know, nipple pinching and butt plugs, like, I'm not going to get off by just a regular porno where a dude's, like, you know, blasting some girl from behind. Like, right. that's just, you know, normal stuff you can do with your girlfriend. Right. And You're... then on the flip side, if that's the kind of stuff I'm into... I'm probably not going to be excited by watching someone get, like, you know, burned alive or something. Right. Like, whatever or, people are into. Or, you know, girls stepping in gum or popping balloons or whatever other weird things. I mean, it's it's rule 30. What are you watching? No. I'm, I do not watch those, but they do exist, and I know of their existence. Stepping in gum? Yeah. Like, it's while like, getting fucked? Like, what is no, that? How's that happen? Like, no, they just, it's like girls in, like, in like you know, bikinis or lingerie. And she steps just, in gum and is like, oh, now there's a dick in me? Like, how does No, this... no, it's just literally girls wearing high heels stepping in gum and like stepping in sticky stuff so there's no actual sex bro man it's fucking weird man, <laughs> it's like those people that are into feet man i can't understand yeah, man, that it's you know like, some people like it and, you uh, know and that's like a big that's a big fetish you know yeah not for me no man hey listen you know to each their own and there's nothing wrong with that right, right? exactly nothing wrong with so that. i think that's why you that, that's why it's hard to say like what's what a makes good a good porno, porno yeah. right because it's all in the eyes right of the holder. exactly yeah you know, because yeah. it's not you can be like, oh, you know, well, they have a really interesting plot thread here and strong character development. Like, okay, that's not, <laughs> not what, it's not what I'm here for. Yeah, okay? exactly. I want to get in, get out. Yeah. And get oh, I, oh, I thought the pizza guy had a very accurate costume. Like, you know, <laughs> in fact, like, can you imagine, like, if you were watching like a porno movie that had like a good plot, and you're sitting there at home and you're watching this movie, and then your significant other like walks in and like, so what's this movie? This looks really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is yeah. going? going on what are you watching yeah <laughs> right and like back in the 70s you get a surround sound on <laughs> and back in the 70s that was really the whole point of porno movies i mean people like ron jeremy and Jer yeah. and um john holmes they were in these movies that were essentially like b movies right right and they just happened to have ridiculous hardcore sex scenes yeah them. Right, you know, I mean, that's what the, the movie um, uh, Boogie Nights was all about. Yep. And Dirk Diggler's character of Brock Landers, right, <laughs> and uh, and John C. Riley's character of Chest Rockwell in these in these movies, and they, it was like essentially like <laughs> B action movies, right? That was just schlock with hardcore sex scenes in them. Perfect. Right? So so I think that this may be a very intense. Uh, romantic story, and I think it's going to tell a good story, but it's also going to have some, you know, hardcore sex. I'm in. Good I'm job, in. Bella, yeah, Thorne. Bella I'm in. Thorne. Bella Thorne, we salute you. Yeah, I support you. Way <laughs> to go. Absolutely, man. I, I, now, that, that right there, that is female empowerment, right? Because she is a is a powerful woman who took persecution and turned it upside down and turned it against the people, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, she makes a buttload of money off of oh, that yeah. movie. I'd let her do yeah. a thing or two to me, that's well, for sure. That's that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that in front of your wife. She's not here. She wanted to go take a piss so I can oh. say those things. <laughs> Plus she knows it's true anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All right. So the next Hey thing... guys, you want to know how to get divorced? Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a book about it. So the next thing we want to talk surprising. about it's actually taking you a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've made it I've made it almost two years so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> so the next thing we want to talk about, um, our other semi controversial topic for the evening, is a uh, a movie that we don't know at this point if we're ever going to get yeah. a chance to see because yeah. Universal Studios has officially canceled it from their release schedule. 
It's a movie called The Hunt. Yeah, now, shelved is the term yeah. because it's done. It's it's it's, it's done. It's yeah. done. It yeah. was filmed. It's it's it, it's ready to be released. Now here's the first thing. It's not like is, the Schneider cut. Yeah, right, you know. Here's the first thing. It's Snyder. Here's Whatever. the first. Yeah, his name doesn't matter. <laughs> here's the first thing I'm gonna say about this movie. For someone that is as into movies as I am and as Anthony is, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't even hear about this movie until the news came out. That it had been canceled. Yep, me neither. Like, I never saw a trailer. And it's for got it. like like Emma Watson's in it. Like it's got it's got some real names in this movie. Yeah, it's got a it's got a, a ton of, of famous people. It yeah. was actually it was directed by Craig Zobel, uh, who has directed a lot of TV episodes. He directed an episode of Westworld. He directed an episode of uh, American Gods. He also directed three episodes of The Leftovers. And didn't Jason Blum produce this? Yes. Isn't right. it a production? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, so there's the first thing I'm going to start with. Yeah. Jason Blum is producing it. What makes people think this wasn't going to be like a fucking trippy, controversial, out there movie? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, hello? it was going to. That was the whole point. It's a whole. It's a. The point of it is about rich people who hunt poor people for sport, right. and because they want to, because they're rich and they can do anything. And it's a. It was a political satire. That's how the movie was being built. The political satire. I mean, it looked pretty aggressive to be, you know, quote unquote satire. But I mean, essentially, well, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. You're right. It's dark satire, but right. it's satire nonetheless. So, so right? what happened? But I mean, Emma Roberts is in this. Hillary Swank is yeah. in this, right? Wait, is Emma Roberts Emma Watson? Emma, Emma Roberts. Oh, really? I thought it was Emma Watson. No, it's Emma Roberts. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna verify. Where's my phone? It's Eric Roberts' daughter. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I just I thought it was Emma Watson, not Emma Roberts. No, it's Emma Roberts. You sure it's not yeah. Hermione? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna verify that real quick. <laughs> I thought it was Hermione. And then the other person that's in it is um, is Betty Gilpin, who is in the show Glow. She pays Liberty Bell in that show Glow. Ah, I uh, love which, Liberty Bell. Yeah, she's amazing, especially in the the third season. Yep. And if you haven't seen the third season of Glow, I strongly encourage you to go and watch it because it really started to take a turn. I haven't watched it's, it yet. It's not about women's wrestling anymore like the and like creating a women's wrestling show now they have this show and it's more about the girls themselves and it's about just like yes yes there is you know still wrestling in it but if you're watching it because you like wrestling you're not going to like the third season right right it's it's more about the characters themselves and the development and the 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 just the, the issues that they're going through and their lives that they're going through right and it was i loved it i thought it uh, there were some of the episodes that I thought were some of the most amazing episodes of TV just ever. Uh, like, episode 9 is just incredible. Um, episode 10 is really, really great. I mean, it, you know, it is, it, it's phenomenal. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the third season. And it's in Vegas, you know? It's, like, all about, like, Vegas. Hey, can we stay on topic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, anyway, <laughs> so, so this movie, The Hunt, right? Essentially what it's about, again, is about um, a group of, you know, uh, I don't want to say poor, but poor people, right? And and they're being hunted, recruited and hunted, um, like, in a remote area or on an island, yeah. right? Um, you know, but, I mean, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein style. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, like this is a real thing that's going yeah. on now. Epstein did it with like underage girls and sex, and he was sex trafficking, and it was horrible, right? And and murder is horrible, right? Like, you're not like obviously it's satire, right? And there are some people that say, oh, it's too serious of a topic to to satire, but like, well, it's also the most dangerous game. 
Right, it's the most dangerous yeah, game. It's a, it's a rehash it's, of that. It's, it's Battle Royal, and yeah. then where well, I forget the the Stone Cold movie that was uh, doesn't matter. Which I mean, which <laughs> same it, thing though, you know, same fucking same, thing, yeah, yeah. The same exact premise. It's just Battle Royal, yeah. Battle Royale, right? So what happened with this? And movie? not not unlike Hunger Games. Hunger right. Games is almost the same premise. Yeah, well, Hunger Games stole right from Battle Royale. Right, like, that it's was the it's whole it's, thing. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a show about like where rich people watch this show with these less fortunate people, right, who have to volunteer and they get pulled out and they have to murder each other. So I have two thoughts on this movie. Uh, so, all right, here's my my overarching thought about this, is that I don't care what situation you're in as the movie studio distributing this movie. I don't care if there's a fucking dude in your sitting at the in the front steps of your office with a bomb strapped to his chest succumbing to any sort of pressure whether it be threats of violence political pressure whatever to stifle a creative work is fucking spineless yeah. it is spineless and in this day and age especially in this day and age when we have just not to get too political but i guess we have to in this sense yeah but when we have people that are literally trying to silence people, whether it's from a journalistic perspective or from a creative perspective, for them to do this, to, to not release this movie, is the most gutless, spineless, bullshit fucking thing I have ever witnessed in my entire life, and I absolutely am disgusted by the fact they pulled this movie. I wish we had a, a Les Grossman scene, right, where he goes, you know... In final, go fuck yourself. And then he hangs up the phone and goes, we do not negotiate with Seriously, terrorists. Seriously, you know? that's what like, we need. That's what we need. We need somebody who's not going to negotiate with terrorists because that's essentially what this is. It's yeah, political terrorism. Exactly. It's, it's it, You're being pressured from outside groups to not show a potentially good movie that people now, in, in fairness, the actors, actresses, everyone's already been paid for the movie. Right. right? But, unless they had a piece of the movie, unless they had like an yeah, EP knows, credit yeah. you know, or, or something worked into them like that which they may have, right? And now that it's never going to get made, but that's, like, it's the same thing with the movie New Mutants, right? That was that horror movie, right? right? With Maisie Williams, um, who plays Wolfsbane, and right. then it just never got released, right? Still hasn't. It still hasn't got released, and it's, but again, same thing. It was, it's it's ready to be released. It's fully made. They even did reshoots on it, and now it's literally sitting in a locker somewhere just yeah. waiting to be released. And it's going to be released, like, you're going to watch it, and then you're going to watch something else that Maisie Williams does, and it's going to be like, how, like, her age yeah. difference is like, you know, 10 years. See, <laughs> like, it's just so frustrating for me, because when this was first reported, it was first reported following the the shootings in Dayton and uh, El Paso and everybody was reporting it as you know because of the the timeliness of it and the sensitivity around the mass shootings that was the reason why they were pulling it so right then and there I had a real issue because okay a shut the fuck up the movie is not about <laughs> mass shootings no the movie is about people being hunted like yeah kind of fucked up but it has it's not a plus b does not equal c in this right. category 100% not it's like when netflix suspended marketing uh, for Punisher season two Yeah. after, I forget which, I think it was the Las Vegas, the Las shooting. Vegas shooting. And their reasoning was, well, because the marketing has a lot of guns in it and guns are a sensitive. Wait the fuck up, man. There are more guns in this country than people. Everything, yeah. every single fucking medium that you watch in any sort of movie or TV show, there's guns in them. There's yeah. always a gun somewhere in yeah. some point. Like, it's it, it just part of the culture. I mean, action movies are cool. Yeah, like, like we want to see them. deal with it. Yeah. Right? And you it's know, not... you want to live in a fantasy environment, right? This is not reality. It's fantasy. Yeah. Right? 
And then so yeah. and then just yesterday, the day before, the story got updated a little bit, and it's like you know now the real reason why Universal pulled the movie, and this I actually believe. Apparently, a bunch of I'm going to assume crazy Trump supporters. Um, were, well, uh, you have to go on a limb and say that, but yeah, you're probably totally, yeah. Based on what probably. the topic of the movie was, 100. Yeah, percent Um, that they were sending, you know, they were sending death threats and hate mail and shit like that to Universal Studios, getting them to not release the movie. So, to an, like I said, to an extent, I can understand why they would be hesitant to release the movie. You know, it's the same thing that happened in what was it 2014 uh, when the interview. With Seth Rogen and James Franco yeah. got pulled because they were getting supposed threats from North Korea because it was North all Korea about the, uh, you know, the fictional assassination yeah. Yeah. of yeah. Uh, Kim Jong Un. Right. And you know, and you know, Sony did the same spineless fucking thing that Universal is doing. They didn't release the movie, but Seth Rogen. I'm not sure exactly how this all panned out. I'd have to go back and, and reread it, but that movie still got released. Um, well, it was leaked, quote-unquote leaked. No, I watched it and on then, Amazon Prime. It, it wasn't was, fucking leaked. Well, I watched was, it on it Amazon Prime. It was, quote-unquote, leaked first, and then it was put on Netflix, yeah. and then it was put on Amazon Dude, Prime. Suck a dick, man. Yeah. I, I fucking watched that movie on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I, I don't like, know who did it, but that movie was released. It was surprisingly funny. Dude, Dude I thought like, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was, like, way better than Dude, I thought the, it was. the whole be. scene where, like, he he's fool or Kim Jong-un is fooling James Franco into thinking that Pyongyang is, like, this utopia, and then, like, he, he sees all the stories fronts and they all look like full of this bountiful food and it's just and like, then it's just like cardboard yeah, cutouts cardboard. <laughs> like it's all fake <laughs> and listen i i listened to a podcast recently uh called 83 weeks and it's uh with eric bischoff and uh, conrad thompson yeah and eric bischoff was talking about in uh, i want to say it was 1995 uh, apologies if it was 94 but it was either 94 or 95 i believe it was 95 and they did a show in North Korea, right? And they flew a lot of stars out there. They even had Muhammad Ali who joined them and they did a show uh, for the, the North Korean population. And you know what? Eric Bischoff was saying a lot of those same things. Where yeah. like, like, like it was made to look better than it was like that people were actually starving and that like you had to be careful for like what you wore like he couldn't he had to like take off his watch he couldn't wear yeah. jewelry because like literally that was like someone's like year salary that you're wearing on your wrist right yeah which like you know you know say what you will but you don't want to like offend people or do whatever but like it was made like the way that it was supposedly like they had they had like 24 7 security that was on them at all times they couldn't go anywhere that they weren't like accompanied by somebody from the military they were like and everything was just over exaggerated and it was totally a fabrication and it was totally fake yeah right and like that's the way that the the north korean environment was at that time right now to say that it is still that way i don't know i've never been to north korea but from <laughs> from the things that that i've heard about it then that, that seems to be very much the way that it still is well yeah right when when they they do these things where they try and and make it very political and you could say and argue although i i have i have my own qualms about this you know but you could say that and argue the same things are happening in saudi arabia right now with with mbs right and he's doing all of these things yep. that seem to be good and some of the things really are good and they are much better but you know he's bringing in it's it's almost like um uh 
uh, man, I, I forget uh, what was Joaquin Phoenix's character in Gladiator. Um, whatever. Emperor Commodus. Yeah, Commodus, right? And Commodus was like, I, I will give them thirty days of games, and yeah. they will love me for it. Right. right. That's essentially what MBS has been doing. He's bringing in all of this entertainment, all of these games, all of these things, and like, like the WWE to come in there and to do shows, right? That they never had before. No, so so he's giving them something. Now, could it be Vince has taken the bait? Well, could it be a <laughs> fabrication you know you could argue and and again we, we hate to get political on our show because we want to keep it very and uh, entertaining but like this is a real thing and it ties into entertainment right you know and and this is something that very much affects entertainment right yeah totally Where you have these people that have this this stronghold over their society and they are these dictators and it's absolutely just terrible what they're creating um but in the same light you know also for the first time ever Women in Saudi Arabia have now been able to get driver's licenses. All right, now right? you're going way off the rails. Well, but I, you know, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, yeah. some things. I'm just kind of yeah, no. there are some things that are good that are coming out of this. But at the same time, like you know, you can't give in to that increased pressure from yeah. somebody else to not show art that you've created. And that's the thing is that as much of movies are business, it is also art. Yeah, and you are creating art, exactly. right? Visual, moving art. And, and it is something that people have put their heart and soul into. Like, in order to make a movie like The Hunt, I mean, it was probably months and months and months of planning and work and just, you know, being tireless. And it just... For it to never see the light of day and to never be able to, like, this could be an amazing movie and we'll just never see it. I'm sure it is an amazing movie. Maybe we will. The trailer looks good. I mean, yeah. So that's what it all boils down to for me is that you're, if you're creating, you know, some people create art just for the sake of, you know, movies, just for the sake of they want to tell a story. It, and it's perfectly okay to – that's still art. You just want to tell a story. You you don't have an agenda. You're not trying to make any sort of political statement or any kind of metaphor or any kind of allegory. You just want to tell a story, and that's perfectly fine. And then there are people that don't want to do that. There are people that, like, they're making a movie or, or writing a book or writing a, a poem, whatever, with a very specific point. They're trying to make a point, and that's what this movie is, and that's the – like – any kind of art should not be stifled because of political pressure because I don't agree. You don't agree with me? Good. That's why I fucking made this because I want you to disagree with me. Like, I'm yeah. glad you don't fucking agree yeah. with me. That's the point of the fucking movie. You don't have to have everyone agree with you about everything. Yeah, exactly. But the fact of the matter is is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? So the more that actions and things like this happen where you're suspending movies or shelving movies because people come out and they're, they're loud and obnoxious and they don't want you to, you know do your movie, the more that you give them that credit and the more that you take movies off the shelves, the more we're going to see things like mass shootings because it is an absolute shout at the way that society is right now, right? Because they think that, oh, you know, I'm going to make a statement by this, right? And and things are going to change by me doing this. Yep. And it's just, it's horrible and it's it's misguided and it's, and it's, it's I mean, it's absolutely terrible. And, and that, that, what you just said in a nutshell sh- sums up why I'm so angry about this because to me it sets a bad precedent, you know, because, you know, don't get me wrong. I fucking love my comic book movies. I love my action movies that don't have a whole lot of, you know, uh, you know, political statement, satire, depth behind them. And that's Why fine. I love the rock. But I love just as much movies that do have that. I love art yeah, that does have that. And this to me sets a really bad precedent. Like I, I can, I can even to an extent I can, slightly more understand you know the the what Sony did with the interview because we're talking about a literal foreign power like 
to that extent, I can kind of understand the reasoning. 100%. But here we're just talking about a, a bunch of mouth-breathing knuckle-draggers that don't agree with what the supposed... This is sight unseen. Yeah, They've never they, actually seen the movie. Right, they're just so they going based off of the marketing and what it is. You know, it could be a completely different movie. I don't think that's what it is based on you know what the director has said, but it could be a completely different movie. This is just a bunch of mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging retards complaining about something they know nothing about because it, they, it might possibly disagree with their view on the world. Right, 100%. And they're just jumping to conclusions and and interpreting facts to support those conclusions that they're jumping to. Kind of like Annie Bundle. Yeah, yes, kind of like Annie Bundle. See so how we all bring it full yeah, circle? Full circle, here we go. And, that's, and that is the problem right there, Yeah. right? Is because, you know, you have these things and they're just shoved down your throat and they're in your face, right? And no, that's the thing. We didn't have to read that article from Ann Bund Annie Bundle, right? We didn't have to do it, but we did, right? Because it was, it was something that was talking about a movie that... that Sparks thought. Right. Right? It's not a, a mindless movie. It's not a mindless action movie. It's a right. movie that you have to think about in order to understand. Right? It's not you're just going to go sit in there and it's a mind-numbing. And, and I, you know, you could say that about a lot of the, the big movies right now, a lot of the superhero movies, because they are very straightforward. Good guys win. Bad guys lose. Right? You know. England always prevails. Yeah, and, and as always, England prevails. <laughs> well, hopefully it's America prevails. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, just just, re just remember, true reviewers, as we like to remind you, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Even when they're wrong. Even when they're wrong. And as we've proven tonight, people frequently are. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for joining mm -hmm. us tonight. What? We didn't talk about Dolmite. We only have a few minutes. So let's talk about Dolmite. I didn't see the trailer. You didn't see the trailer yet? Are no. you kidding me? I didn't see the trailer. Okay, so I want to touch on this really quickly. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, go out, watch the trailer. Uh, something that we had talked about um, one of the previous times that we were here at a shared universe is that there is a new genre of movie that is coming out, and it is the biopic, right? And so... Biopic. Uh, it's not biopic. It's biopic. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I hate you so much. So there, they have made a movie um, about the black exploitation film from the 1970s called Dolomite, right? Or Dolomite, as they pronounce it. Wait, this is a biopic. This is a biopic. <laughs> it looks. It looks hysterical. It has like every major black actor that's like has ever acted is in it and it stars Eddie Murphy awesome. dude, Wesley Snipes is in it like like Keenan uh, Keenan Michael Key is in it dude it's it's literally a laundry list of like just awesome 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 like uh, like black actors and it's it's really it looks that's so exciting dude it looks absolutely hysterical i can't wait to watch this movie and for it to come out and i mean it really it makes a good point. And I mean, it, it, it's a very empowering movie because it talks about a change that happened in the 1970s where, you know, you had these black exploitation films, but none of them were comedy. And Dolomite was the first, like, action comedy yeah. that came out. And it was very over the top and ridiculous. And they're making a, a, a biopic about it. Um, I'm really excited. If you haven't seen the trailer, go out and watch it. I'm going to go watch it as soon as I get home. That yeah, sounds awesome. Dude, it, it, looks, <laughs> it looks amazing. Oh, I'm so down for that. Yeah. Well, thanks as always for joining us. Go subscribe to our shit. Go on Instagram. Like our shit. Comment. Tell us what you think about tonight's episode. Go read that article from that fucking hack, Annie Bundle. Yeah. Tell us what you think. But comment. go see. But actually, go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. before you read the article. Yeah. Unlike her. And make your own judgment. Yeah, Make exactly. your own judgment. If it offends you, right, that there's not more prominent women in that movie, well, maybe you don't go see a Quentin Tarantino movie yeah, exactly. in the future, right? 
and uh, and and write to Universal Studios and tell them how upset you are for being a bunch of spineless fuckfaces. Yeah, we do not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> the words of Les Grossman. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, and as always, stay tuned, true reviewers. <laughs>